Welcome to my mixer. Hi, I'm Moni, and this is Mixing with Moni, a weekly POC point of view on all things from pop culture to politics, reality TV, and of course, so much Bravo. Each week, I'm mixing up my opinions with something new, and I want you to do it with me. I promise to rival your most opinionated, shady friend that swears that they are always right. You're thinking it, I'm saying it. Pour something up, whatever it is you fancy, and let's mix it up together. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to Mixing with Moni. It has been a while since I started off with a song, but because of some of the hot topics this week, I thought it'd be important that I start with that song in particular. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that song was Hot Girl Summer. Um, it is a song that is by Megan Thee Stallion. Uh, she is a up-and-coming budding rapper. I won't even say up-and-coming anymore because she has made it. She is probably one of the biggest rappers out there right now. Um, and she is all about basically having a bunch of other female rappers in like a girl squad, but like in a supporting women kind of way. She is totally cool with a bunch of other female rappers from new to veteran to obscure to big deals. And she started a trending topic probably sometime in like May, like a long time ago about a hot girl summer, meaning basically based off her lyrics and her EP that she released earlier in the year, where a lot of her lyrics are centered around um, females basically living their best life, not being so caught up under one man, being able to explore if that's what they want to do, a bunch of different men or women, like doing your thing, literally using the man for whatever it is that you want to use him for. Not in like a gold digging kind of way, but kind of get what you want out of the situation, but don't feel obligated to any one man or any one relationship if that's not what he signed up for too. So basically, if he did not say, I'm committed to you and want to give you a lifelong commitment or a ring or a marriage or whatever it is that you want, it's totally okay to just hang out with him, sleep with him, get his money. If he's offering, if he wants to take you to get your nails done, don't say no to it, but also don't stop doing whatever it is that you want to do just because a man is interested. That's kind of the gist. And she was saying that ladies this summer, we're not going to stay looking for no summer love or some man that's not equally as interested in us as we are in them. We are all about us. We're going to be as you know, freaky as we want, as conservative as we want, as fun as we want, have all the fun, be out, date all the different men, have relations with all the different men, do whatever we want to do because men do it anyway. They do that all the time, sometimes without telling us, but she's just up front and letting you know 
it's a hot girl summer. You're going to be the hottest you've ever been. Get yourself together. Look cute. If a man tries to get your attention or wants to take you out, get that free meal, get that whatever. But if that's not what you're looking for, don't settle. Don't you know? commit to anything just because you feel obligated or there's no obligation to men this summer. That was her goal. And so because of that, it became a really big trending topic on Twitter and Instagram, Hot Girl Summer, where girls were basically trying to live their best life because they know men are going to do it during the summer anyway. That's when so many, especially non-committed men, like, you know, date lots of different women, they travel, they go on trips. So she was like, ladies, we're going to do the same thing. Have us the time of our lives. It's the summertime. Look cute do what you want to do. And who cares what these men have to say about it? And I, for one, feel that. I feel that you should just have the fun and focus on you and getting your bag, which if you don't know that term, that means your money, your coins, like work, do what you want to do, have your fun, but also just stay focused on women, on your job. And I love that. It definitely has taken off, and I think a lot of people are using it without even knowing where it came from. Um, I will say that Miley Cyrus, who is the most recent trending topic under the hot girl summer, you know, movement, is she's actually pretty familiar. So she's been seen like dancing and twerking to a lot of Megan The Stallion songs. It's no secret she enjoys rap music. Um, I will not get into my feelings on that, but she is an appreciator of, you know, the hip hop world. And she's been living her hot girl summer life. And I think that that is, especially recently, that is definitely my first hot topic is she left her husband and has been seen poolside with Brody Jenner's ex-wife, soon to be ex-wife, ex-wife from the Hills, New Beginnings, the original Hills, he met up with the Kardashians. Brody Jenner is like a reality TV veteran. She's been seen with his ex-wife um, and left her ex-husband or soon-to-be ex-husband, Liam Hemsworth. And she commented on like Brody's picture or when he was being a little shady, a little salty about, you know, her and her relationship with his ex-wife. She commented, like, you know, why don't you have like she's living her hot girl summer life, something like that. And people were really, you know, questioning and wondering, like, what does that mean? We know she's having one, but what does that come from? So I thought it'd be important that we just discuss a little bit what a hot girl summer is, where it came from, how it started, and how Miley is definitely exhibiting that. She's not trying to stay connected or, you know, tied down to something that upsets her or that, you know, doesn't benefit her. I think she definitely felt like, you know, Liam was probably the safe choice. And because he loved her and she had love for him, um, she never really needed to explore her other options or the realm of her sexuality. And I think now she's doing that. I feel for Liam. But at the same time, these two beautiful people are young enough where they will be fine. They'll find love. I think they'll be friends forever. I don't even know if this will even turn into an actual divorce and be long term. It could just be temporary. But that is what a hot girl summer is. It is Megan the Stallion's you know, trend of showcasing women being their be the best versions of themselves when it is the hottest month and basically it's too hot to be unhappy. So that makes sense. And the song that I played is called Hot Girl Summer. It is 
newly released. Her movement started a long time ago, but she basically did like a theme song for it. It was supposed to be released earlier. And then Nicki Minaj decided to jump on the track and it kind of delayed the release, but it's out now featuring Ty Dolla Sign, who is also like a rapper singer type thing. And Nicki Minaj. And it's a really fun song. It's going to be in all the clubs and stuff. So that is that on that. Um, and I only have one more hot topic just because it's kind of like breaking news right now. Um, and then I guess I'll just explain the agenda for today. There's also, I'm going to be doing dipping into my DVR. I will do the Bravo recap. Um, it's going to be a bit more comprehensive just because people, it's hot, it's the summer and it's back to school. So everybody's not always caught up. Um, so I'm definitely going to do some RHOC. I'm going to do some below deck and some Southern charm because I just watched in, oh my word. And then for bachelorette slash bachelor news, if you people who are really into like the bachelor in paradise world, I did a deep dive into bachelor in paradise for the first time ever. It's my first time watching. And I did a deep dive with, um, some lovely ladies from the mingling with the mimosa mamas podcast. Um, Erica and Aaron are their names, and they have a podcast called Mainly with the Mimosa Mamas. Um, and I did a podcast, a, a deep dive with them in Bachelor in Paradise. They're re- veteran watchers and knew so, so much. So that will be probably at the end. I will be doing that and then doing Bravo first. Um, so that if you want to just, you know, go to Bachelorette or I mean Bachelor in Paradise, you're welcome to just go to that. And if you're looking for your Bravo stuff, I'm going to be recapping that right after Hot Topics. And yeah, that's the agenda for today. Aside from that, Oh my gosh, if you've ever watched Chrisley Knows Best, this story is wild. Even if you've never watched it, this story is wild. So Todd and Julie Christie are a couple and Chrisley's are a family that has had a very successful reality show on USA. I believe they're the very first reality show on USA which is basically mainly for, you know, wrestling. So WWE and then the home of Suits, which is where Meghan Markle like kind of met her claim to fame. Uh, she's the princess or duchess over in uh, the UK. Um, she was on Suits for a long time and was amazing on that. And that was like their biggest hit next to Burn Notice and some other major like, you know, drama shows. So they never really were big on reality TV I tell the Chrisleys, who are this like Southern, larger than life, very wealthy family. I don't even know where to start with this story. Like, it's insane. Like, they are, they currently have been indicted for 12 different counts of tax related crimes. Um, Some, of course, are tax evasion, um, allegedly. All of this is alleged. Let me just start by saying that. there is an indictment and they have turned themselves in as of, if you're listening to this, uh, Wednesday of this week. So the week of August the 12th, they have um, been indicted and a statement was released by Todd Chrisley before they turned themselves in and before the indictment actually named them in it. Um, he made a statement basically just kind of trying to get ahead of the story before like we knew anything about it, like it hadn't even broken yet, that 
his, and I have a, all this on my Instagram. I'll put it in highlights. Um, their family, <laughs> Todd and, and Julie, both were indicted, were, were going to be indicted. And Todd released a statement saying that it was because of a former employee um, that basically made a bunch of phony documents and shopped it around to different, like, uh, reporters or, uh, sorry, not reporters, um, the police departments and U.S. attorneys and all these different, uh, you know, attorneys in Georgia to try to get charges on them and extort them. And he violently threatened, um, threatened a lot of their other employees back at the time. Let me back up. If you do not know who they are, they are real estate people. So they were big in real estate at one point. They did file bankruptcy, I believe, like in the early 2010s. Um, So they lost a little bit of money. Uh, They scaled back a bit and they basically said that they didn't have enough money to pay everything they needed. So when we met them on the show, they were living lavishly in Georgia. Uh, It was very much so about designers and brands. And there was a lot of question and uh, criticism around Todd Chrisley's sexuality who does definitely seem larger than life. Apparently that's not uncommon in the South is what I've heard from a few Southern people. Not that they, that gay people or people who are, you know, queer, especially men are uncommon in the South. That sure, that's everywhere. But him specifically, you know, maintaining his sexuality as straight and being a heterosexual male with multiple children, married to a woman, and just being larger than life and flamboyant, but still being straight. Apparently that, I forget what term that is, has something to do with the term butterfly. But there's someone, please let me know or DM me. If you've ever heard of this, you know what I'm talking about. But apparently it's not like uncommon for straight men to be flamboyant and because of, and and care a lot about their, you know, appearance in the South and like what they look like, their clothes, their fashion, you know, being presentable, all that, which I can understand because his son, his oldest son, oh, not oldest son, I'll get into that in a second, but his son Chase is, does not appear at all to be like, does not appear to be the stereotypical version of gay or queer or whatever for a man, but he is also equally as into massages and candles and waxing and looking good and nice suits and spas and everything like his dad. I think that where it gets heightened with his dad, Todd, is the Southern accent layered thick on top. And so it kind of comes off as like a a performance and he is very like outspoken and over the top fabulous, but not in like a stereotypical way, but just because of the accent and his, you know, overly opinionated personality and his larger than life personality, there was a lot of question about it. And he has one, two, three, four, five children five children in the beginning, we semi knew his oldest son, um, who has since basically left the show entirely and they don't speak. He was in and out of rehab. Um, he had a daughter who is mixed biracial, um, with a black woman who we also loosely met on the earlier seasons of Christy Knows Best. Since then, he has had drug addiction issues, this oldest son and, um, gone in and out of rehab. I believe he's been cut off and he has basically been at war with his dad and the media and in the press. He has called his dad out for being 
gay. He has said that Julie, Todd's wife, who is his, I believe, stepmother, uh, basically only is with Todd for his money and she knows about his sexuality. So there's been a lot of battling with them in the press um, over the last few years. But Todd and Julie have, like, I believe, split custody of the son's daughter with the daughter's mother. So it's the little girl's name is Chloe. She's about six now. We knew her since she was born. She, I believe they have like um, a custody agreement with Chloe's mom and Chloe's grandparents, Todd and Chris and, and Julie. So they, uh, she's on the show, the daughter, the their granddaughter, but the little girl Chloe is on the show a lot. Um, not the mom and not her dad anymore. I believe he lost custody or is fighting for custody or there's a custody dispute with him. Um, so that is that interesting tidbit. Then he had another oldest daughter who was not with his current wife, Julie. They've been married for about 20 years or so, but his oldest daughter, Lindsay was also on the show. We saw her basically get divorced. Uh, we saw her have a baby and have a marriage, uh, from like a young age and then like kind of divorce. And she was a, a fan favorite for me. And then she was very much so rigid and like a little bit more conservative in her, um, not like political beliefs, but like in her actual action, she just seemed to be like not so big on the cameras and everything. So I mentioned her because she's been off the show for a couple of years. And I've wondered recently why she has a podcast um, with, I believe, one of the moms from Teen Mom. So there's not, if it, is it Amber? I don't remember. I have to look it up. Um, she has a podcast, so she is still doing some stuff in like the public sector, but not anything with the show, anything with the family. They basically never even mentioned her again. And she has a son who they never have on the show anymore. And he used to be really big on his grandkids and all his kids. And now to have two of them no longer on the show. And then he kind of went on a bashing tour of one made it seem like, you know, because of the drugs and everything and all that stuff, he's not welcomed or he's not on the show. So that made sense. But then Lindsay never made sense because he seemed to really love her. Came out today on TMZ that they, because of their indictments and all the things that are going on with the taxes, which is a major scandal, they have turned themselves in. There are 12 counts, including you know, both Todd and Julie are named in the indictment and the accountant, the former accountant, um, whose name I won't mention, but it's everywhere you can see. Um, they've all been named as basically some of the big things of tax evasion, uh, not paying enough. Um, the, apparently in they've lived, their home base was in Georgia at one point, but they were not filing taxes, income, state income taxes in Georgia. They were filing or saying that they were living in Florida, but in actuality, they still lived in Georgia. And that is something that their oldest son, who is no longer like, you know, in the family, I guess you could say, he's alleged, like he said, and that quote, uh, Todd will say that he lives in Florida until he gets arrested in Florida. Maybe that's not an exact quote, but basically he was alleging that until this catches up with him, he will always say that Florida was his home base. And it wasn't. It was Georgia at one point. They had a residency in Georgia, but weren't paying income taxes there. And Todd's response. Um, and then in Georgia, 
there was a uh, like one of the news stations, I believe it's ABC, did like a, a expose investigation on the family and their taxes because they were so popular in Georgia and their show's success. And about between 2013 and 2017 is when all these taxes, you know, kind of went awry. There was an eight hundred thousand dollar judgment against them in Fulton County in Georgia, which is like about the Atlanta area. Um so the news did an investigation on them, basically that they were not paying enough taxes, but they did live there and all these things. And Todd's response to that on iHeartRadio, I believe, uh, a few years ago was, I've paid 750000 to a million in taxes every year. So obviously the IRS has no problem with it. And then, so it kind of went away. And then they, on the show, their show, they filed bankruptcy, but we've also seen them kind of overcome a lot of things. Like they bought a juice franchise, like a, a smoothie bar, a juice bar, and then they have their show. He's also a part of the production agency, um, which is also something that's named in the indictment because USA, I believe, paid the Chrisleys their salaries for being on the show and then paid the production a production agency um something seven. Uh, they paid a production agency their money for producing a portion of the show. And apparently that production agency was owned by Todd and Julie and the family. So they paid them and they paid the family their salary in the production agency, the production money, but the income from the production agency was not on Todd and Julie's taxes, apparently, allegedly. So that is where some of the, you know, legal stuff is going awry. And what's funny is they've also bought a pageant. So they bought two like national pageant titles, uh, organizations in California and in Florida. And Savannah, they are one of their daughters, I think their youngest daughter owns or she's like the director of the pageant in California. And that's kind of where the spinoff of the show, where Todd's two middle children, um, Savannah and Chase, go off to California and they're working, trying to build brands and she's running a pageant and all that. But they also bought it in Florida, which I think was kind of like to aid a little bit to their claim that they lived in Florida and had a home base in Florida. Um, So basically that's, you know, the tax stuff. And recently it came out today that (laughs) the oldest daughter, Lindsay, who just disappeared out of nowhere, she apparently at some point this year, I believe, filed a police report where allegedly her father, Todd, extorted her over a sex tape that she had with someone from The Bachelor, I'm hearing. Um, Don't know who. I will find that out. If someone knows, please let me know as soon as you hear this. Um where she had a sex tape and they apparently Chase, his son, bought it and they've been extorting her. This is alleged, but she did file a police report um, and they've been extorting her unless basically she, her testimony in favor of her dad and stepmom for the taxes situation, unless her testimony went in favor of them in defense of them, uh, they would expose it. And for anyone who watches this show, this family is like the sweetest. They seem so funny. And like Todd does seem really controlling of the narrative. And that does make sense (laughs) because of all this is going on. Yikes. But just wow. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, so that's that. If this is all true, this feels like a betrayal to so many people that watch. People are feeling really like let down because they are so Southern, so conservative, so sweet, and they seem so like normal and loving, and they love each other. They love other people. He always seemed like a lot to handle, but nice. And Julie seems like the sweetest woman who just puts up with a lot of shit. And this just seems like a lot. And people are feeling really betrayed because even if you don't know who this family is, this story is insane, right? Like tax evasion and lying about where you are, where you live and $800,000 judgment that I don't even know if it got paid. And this, they said that the, the family released the statement that it was all just a few documents that were fake by a former employee that, and he finally found a U.S. attorney that um, was going to press charges. And the U.S. attorney is like, no, this indictment and the evidence speaks for itself. I believe the employee has been granted immunity, immunity so he's not going to be like named or, you know, prosecuted. But it's just like the U.S. attorney in Atlanta is like, no, they're, we're looking for prison time. This is him explaining it this way or trying to speak out before the indictment. And the attorney's opinion speaks volumes. There's a lot more than just what Todd mentioned in the statement that's going on. And then TMZ reporting that they extorted the daughter who made a police report and basically was like she was going to be exposed by her own family if she did not like testify a certain way and the taxes. Wow. Like, wow. Uh, that's wild. And it seems really awful, but it also seems like it tracks. Like Todd is definitely one of those dads. Like if you, he loves you conditionally, it seems like if you do not follow him or do what he says, there is consequences because he's really harsh on the kids that are still on the show um, in a loving way. But he really tries to control like what they do, their narrative. Part of that is part of the script of the show. Um, and the other part just seems like it makes sense. So that's what's going on. And it's kind of crazy. And I feel for all of them and everyone involved, uh, especially the children. Savannah recently got engaged to a hockey player. She's actually in her early, early 20s. So, and he, the hockey player, he's a Canadian hockey player. He's also in his early 20s or mid 20s and Chase is in his mid 20s. So they're all doing pretty well on social media. Ooh, there once was a little bit of a love connection or like friend connection between Chase Chrisley and Kim Zolciak, Behrman's daughter, Brielle. Um, They were, they're really good friends. There was once like some rumors of something more, but I think that wasn't true. But um, just because like they lived in Atlanta and everything and Chase stayed in Atlanta, he is the middle son um, of Todd and Julie. Uh, So, and the oldest son of Julie's. So that is the Chrisley tea. And it's, it's been a lot. And oh yeah. So if you don't know who that is and none of that made sense to you, I hope you were at least riveted by the fact that, Ooh, what a family hiding all this stuff, you know, all this is alleged, but it also has some merit. Um, and so that's it for hot topics this week. And I will be right back to talk Bravo. All right, so we're back with dipping into my DVR. I will start with Bravo. Oh boy. Um, let's see what's gone on. I'll go in order of basically least amount of to talk about to most. And unfortunately, that means starting with Real Housewives of Orange County. Jesus Lord. Okay. Um, I think this show definitely needs a revamp. 
the whole, it's already feeling a little bit like a job to watch. And I hate when my housewives get like that. Um, OC, this was what happened last year. It just seems like so much of the drama is off TV, but also now we feel like, I feel like I'm wasting my time because I already know what happens. I know Kelly is not friends with any of the Trace Amigas anymore. I know that the Trace Amigas are stronger than ever, even though it, Tamra, Tamra, oh my God. I try not to have dead air, but Tamra is just, uh, she's hard to watch on TV. It just seems like every season, she's so Trace Amigas off air, so Trace Amigas in real life. But then we watch the episodes and she's targets one of the Trace Amigas. So last year it was all Shannon and the confessionals and Shannon with her husband. And now it's Vicky and the confessionals and Vicky with her husband. And I'm not saying like in this in defense of Vicky, I do try to watch all my housewives objectively. So I, I don't really have a, a favorite or least favorite, especially on OC. Cause I think all of them are um, interesting to say the least, but Tamara, going after Vicky, sweetie, we just watched you promote Trace Amigas. We see y'all want to go on this tour. I have no idea what you would talk about or what you would do, but they want to go on this like Trace Amigas tour. And then episode two, she's talking about Vicky being insecure and not necessarily in a bad, bad way. Like she's not bout mathing her like she did Shannon last year, but it just seems like already, girl, you have real big stirring the pot issues. Like we know that, we knew that, but still. And then moving on to um, Vicky. I mean, not. I hear she's been she's on like all season, so her demotion really is not like that big. She has confessional. She's part of the major plot at Tamara's housewoman party. She's running around, you know, fighting with Kelly or trying to fight with Kelly and trying to, you know, <laughs> chase her basically. Um, just to back up a little bit about the episode, I did find it really sad that Jolie is getting DM'd um, constantly about her mother's allegations of doing illicit drugs and substances by Vicky. That's unfair. And I really think we have got to do better. Bringing in children is kind of, again, I just think that's so low brow and below the bell and ridiculous. And if you've ever had kids and I hope you never have any child that experiences any type of cyber bullying, but if you do, don't be a part of the problem. If you don't have kids, don't be a part of the problem. Just leave children alone. The fact that Jolie, Kelly's daughter had to go private is ridiculous just because people could not get out of her DMs that her mom was a cokehead and all this stuff, which is not even factual. We don't know that to be true. Vicky seems to be doubling down on it, but still that's a fight between adults, not a child. And it's really sad that Vicky can't understand how this is affecting, you know, her daughter, um, Kelly's daughter. And it seems sad to me. Like she has like no boundaries. And that seems really disheartening because she's way too old, in my opinion, to be acting like, you know, this won't affect her. I know she, she's blessed that social media wasn't as big when Brianna was on, you know, the show as much and all her kids and I just think that she should have some kind of like a boundary with that. And I'm I'm going to also extend the same idea with Shannon's daughter and her dress. Um, already I've seen some things, but y'all need to just let it go. Like do not go after a child for what she looks like, what she's wearing. Do not slut shame a child who is a teenager. All of us 
have been teenagers. We've all had to experience and grow and learn. She has two parents who are fully capable of parenting her. She does not need the help or the bashing or criticism of any of us, at least not the children. Let's leave the children alone. So let's just make a pact to do that, please. And then moving on to Emily. I just feel like with Emily and Gina, they're so new. It's hard for me to, you know, take that drive and journey with them down into like the pits of despair where I'm supposed to feel sorry for them and empathize with them. I just feel like it's super early for that. You know, like I don't know them well enough yet, but I do feel for them. I'm just not attached enough to them to be like, this is breaking my heart. I do think that Gina deserves better than what she's been going through off camera so far. And I really hope that she's okay. Um, and that she becomes okay. And then Emily, I definitely think she deserves much better than what she's being presented. I'm surprised her husband, Shane, did not take any account into what he was criticized for treating her last year. That seems really stupid (laughs) to kind of continue the same behavior against your wife and then worsen it. Like, she's throwing a party for your in-laws. I mean, for your parents, dude. Like, it's his family and her in-laws, and he can't even be bothered to, like, answer her phone call and says that they're harassing her. What? A, what? Just, wow, what an asshole. Like, I couldn't even believe it. And then <sighs> Tammy Sue, that's what I call Tamara. She is insufferable sometimes to watch. And I feel like I would love this show if it was just Shannon Bador and the other ladies. I think she would have a much higher chance of getting, uh, being likable, staying likable. I think she'd have fun. I love this fun Shannon coming back. I think that it's it should be her, Kelly, the new Amazing Housewife Bronwyn, and then, you know, Gina and Emily. I think that that'd be a fun thing to watch. I mean, people say that that would be boring, but it's the OGs and everything are on there and it's still not fun for me to watch yet. Like it still feels like a job. Um, and then the hate just out the gate is like ridiculous. So I think the show definitely needs a, a revamp because a lot of the scene, the scenes feel scripted and a little, you know, forced. And then Vicky flies in like a bat out of hell and does the most. And that's not fun for me to watch. It was just stressful, but I mean, she's delivering. I guess she's trying to get that, orange back. So good for her. But Tammy, so who complains about getting shoes? Like her husband, apparently, maybe he does have a shoe fetish, but I would never complain about getting fancy shoes. Like she literally had a problem with, what were they, Valentino? Like, girl, you better say yes to them shoes. And then Bronwyn, I love the fact that her and her husband have a love shack in California. I love their relationship. I'm already here for them. Yes, yes, yes. Mom is amazing. They're amazing. I love their relationship. I think that it's really cute to see them so in love after all those kids. My God, if she makes another one, I will literally laugh. But it's fun to see them so in love with each other after all these years and all those children and how they still try to keep it spicy. And I love that. So shout out to them. I think he's the perfect amount of a little bit shady, a little bit fun. They seem open. I like them. She seems really receptive to the like the process of the show. And I really, I dig that about them. Um, I actually had a convo with someone. How do I put this? 
very, very close to Bronwyn. Um, very, very close to Bronwyn and asked a little bit of questions and I will get into that. Yeah, I'll get into that. Let me do that at the end of my Bravo recap. I'll, I'll circle back. Maybe I should have ended with OC, but why? Um, so moving on to Below Deck, Mediterranean, I think Anastasia, her bitchiness kind of snuck up on me and I feel a little assaulted by it and how over the top she is. Um, Joao and Hannah's relationship, I think is wild. Um, them flirting is kind of funny and a little rich, but, uh, I like them too on the show. I like Asia, I like Jack, even though he's a terrible worker, but Anastasia needs to go. And I'm a little annoyed by the fact that at the end of the episode, we see that it might be Colin that leaves, but or for next season, or for next episode, but it needs to be Anastasia. She's a lot. And her constant excuses, she does not take criticism while you are a chef. She is literally like, it's impossible to keep food hot when you actually take it out the oven. That's not true. And if you were a real chef, you would know that. But, and I'm not a real chef and I know that. I also know that you don't make excuses when your tip is on the line. A large reason why people tip is because of service and food. It's a yacht. They pay a lot of money, even if it's at a discounted rate to be on the show, which is like what happens. Then they get like a 50% off discount in order to appear on the show. Um, if they appear on the show and it's like a shorter amount of time that they're on there. Um, but still you pay a lot of money. You want good food. I mean, these new guests, I love all of them. I think this is the first like all like black charter guests we've had. And they're all fabulous men and they seem like a lot of fun. I love Sandy's reception to them. I love Sandy reception to most people. I am curious as to why she didn't just fire Anastasia, because it does seem a little bit ridiculous that the former charter guest, the former baseball player and his you know, wife and everybody on their charter had the exact same um, uh, critiques of the food as this now new charter group does, which is cold, lackluster, not five star, like that kind of stuff. Like, Girl, get it together. You're basically like now making it like a maybe a rest, like a four star restaurant or a nice restaurant versus a Mediterranean large super mega yacht. Like, you're not a five star chef. So don't get offended when people say you're not a five star chef. I'm curious as to why Sandy didn't just demote her back, especially since Hannah seems to need the help because June is literally. <laughs> She's a space filler. She's beautiful, but she does not do anything. So there's that. Um, it does seem like Joao seems to target everyone, someone every season. Like he targeted Asia this episode, calling her a Russian prostitute. And then he targeted um, Hannah last season. And he just seems to be really intense. And I feel for him, but I go back and forth from liking him to thinking he's an asshole. Travis, I want to like so bad, but his drunken behavior and obnoxious, his being obnoxious to the server at the restaurant made me so sad. Like y'all are in the service industry. Not that that should mean that anyone who isn't should be obnoxious, but like in general, treat your servers nicely, please. And y'all should know that being in the yachting industry and in the service industry. So that just made me sad to watch him like 
want demand to open the champagne. Like you don't even know what you're doing. Calm down. And aside from that, the next episode is apparently like 90 minutes. That's wildly long, but I'm, I'm in. I'm excited to watch. So hopefully not disappointed, you know? And then moving on to Rouses of Potomac, it's amazing. You need to be watching. Everyone should be watching. Watching Ashley um, be rejected by her dad on TV made me cry um, hard. Uh, that is something that is a little close to home. I won't get into detail, but I have been feeling that she, you know, a lot of people connected with her then. Um, and a lot of people actually understood why her validation and love for Michael, like why her need for Michael to love her and validate her might kind of be why she stays with him, even though there might be some things going on that we don't know about or that we do know about, but maybe not know the whole story. I think she feels loyalty to her husband because he is an older figure in her life that loved her, accepted her, and chose her. And I think that's something that she really craved. Um, and then the feelings maybe not got misconstrued, but the feelings kind of got crosswired because he's around the age of what her dad would probably be. Um, but she doesn't need a new dad as an adult per se. So she fell in love with the fact that this man of a particular age does find, you know, value in her and loves her and thinks that she's great. And I think she's holding on to that and held on to that. And that's where, you know, her love for him comes from, which I kind of understand. So it gives a little bit of complexity and dimension to her. Doesn't excuse everything, but like, I definitely get that. And no child should feel that way by their own parent to have the door locked on her face when she knocked on it. And her aunt, her dad's sister introduced her as like, this is your daughter. And he apparently looked at her, shook his head, closed the door and locked it. And I just thought that was heartbreaking. My heart fell into my stomach. Oh my God. Aside from that, Housewives of Potomac, very, very good episode. Very, very, very good show. I am loving this season. The reunion has been taping this week and I'm really excited to see when that happens. Um, speaking, uh, did I mention, did I miss anything about Potomac? Oh, Giselle being a little heavy walking in the door at Robin's open house, her place of business made me sad to see, you know, you know, them kind of have that contention because Robin's like, girl, this is my work. And she kind of came in hot at Monique. And I'm like, girl, calm down, time and place, time and place. But then to see them all fight at the, I mean, but we expect that. It is housewives. They always do it in an inappropriate place. And I'm just like, yes, wow, okay, we're coming in hot. But that is your best friend's like place of business. So we should have maybe like refrained a little bit. And then nothing else new. Candace and her mom not getting along. Candace is spoiled. Her mom is stubborn. And the sister, the youngest, seems to be the one who has her head on the straight. So I'm here for Crystal. I love their matching outfits, though. I thought that was kind of cute. The three of them go into a vineyard that I need to go to because it's not far from my house. Um, yeah, so the reunion's being taped. I can't wait to see what happens. The seating chart is kind of interesting. I did post it. I'll put it in my highlights on my Instagram, Mixing with Moni. Um yeah, it's kind of going to be interesting. Another reunion that I think is going to be interesting is Southern Charm's reunion. Um, Southern Charm Charleston, they are getting a reunion. It is next Wednesday. It will air 
um, the 21st of August. And I'm excited. This season has been amazing. This final episode is finale. Whoa. I Shep is a whole new level of asshole that I never saw coming, honestly. Um, I think that him bringing the two ladies from the threesome video of Austin allegedly cheating on Madison is rich and terrible. And Craig doing, you know, being a part of it. And then playing stupid on the stairs, like, did you bring them there to throw it in Austin's face? What the f- What did you think he was bringing them there for? Like, Craig, I need you to get your head out of your ass and out of Chef's ass, too, because you knew exactly what he was bringing them for. Like, Chef is just such a baby. Like, why would you even do this with someone who was your friend as of, like, a week ago? And then basically just because, what, Madison rejected you back when she was going through her divorce and chose Austin over you, which makes sense. Austin and Craig are younger. It makes sense that the girls go after them. Shep thinks that because he has money, it, it's he's so appealing to women because he's not that bad looking. But you're a 40-something-year-old man who, yes, has money, but has apparently major commitment issues. And I think you're annoying to people. So they may not want you. So he's upset that Madison didn't choose him. And oh, well, get over it. I like Madison. I'm here for her. I think that we should get her full time. And I can't wait for her to be on the reunion. Ashley went on this press tour before the episode aired. <laughs> I think because of how she knew she was going to look on the season finale. She said she went on the show because she was asked back, but it seems like they asked her back just to make fun of her and exploit her. And that's just the way it is. And so what? It was so much fun watching her get thrown out. She looked great though. She looked absolutely amazing, different than last year, but she looked great. And I just find it funny that she called Thomas and Thomas was like, call the police. Like, you can't call the police for getting thrown out of a party you weren't invited to. That's not how that works. If anything, Patricia could call the police, but Patricia is a class act of her own. Her nodding, just smiling and nodding at Ashley, and then the security appears and throws her out. And Patricia does not even blink an eye, break a sweat. What a woman. Tax bracket beyond me, but that is who I aspire to be. Like, honestly, she actually does not know what an apology is. I do think Madison does. I loved her reconciling with Danny. I think that was really sweet. Getting Danny getting her grievances out. Danny deserved justice. Madison did need to go after Shep because Shep is an awful human being to her and to a lot of people. But I'm glad that they have reconciled Madison and Danny. And now they can all be like, at least cordial because Catherine's friends with both of them. I think Catherine looked great and she's doing great this season. Um, Anything else? Oh yeah. When in the beginning, Patricia and Catherine shopping for shoes together, I stand that friendship. I, I wish someone would fasten my shoes for me. So I would love that. I think there's such a cute friendship I do have a question. Is Eliza a little bit two-faced? Like, she did, whenever she brings Ashley around, she knows, like, she's a friend of Ashley's. She doesn't necessarily fully discourage Ashley from showing up to stuff. And then when Ashley's showing her ass to everybody there, she's like, oh, I told her not to come. Or I didn't know she'd be like this. And wow, I don't understand. Maybe she was just used as the connection so Ashley would be on the show. But either way, it looks a little weird, girl. And that's your only like reputation on the show now is basically being like the potster with Ashley and bringing her around and then causing drama. I don't understand it. So 
that is that on that. And I am going to move on to Southern Charm New Orleans, which ended and does not get a reunion. And I'm upset because it's season two and I don't understand why not. At least I can watch what happens live special, I think should happen. But if it doesn't, it needs to. I think they've done really well in the numbers. Um, They've gone up in ratings and everything. And I love their friendship because they're all actually friends. I talked a little bit about this last week. I would love to interview a few people from this cast. Anybody who is out there, please tag me in their comments or DMs and make this happen. I love every single person on this cast, supporting and full-time, everything in between. I think they all add something great and value. The men are so charming. I loved Reagan's wedding. I thought she looked beautiful. And I love that Tamika finally did show up. I love that they're trying to work back on their relationship, but they're not doing it fakely and fake you know, mending fences. And then like at a reunion or next season, they're not, they're literally still outward telling people we're working on it. We're trying to get back close again. We're at different stages in our lives. And I appreciate their honesty and they've been like, we're not rushing it. We're trying to rebuild. And I love that. Very, very great cast. I love the addition of Rachel. I think she's so much fun to watch. And I think we should watch out for her. I think they need to give her a full time something when they bring the show back, which if they don't, I will be livid but very very cool cast i loved the wedding i think that it's a beautiful thing to see reagan so happy and in love um i you know was hesitant before but to see her with her baby in real life now in real time and her husband and everything though it seemed like a bit of a shotgun and a rush which i think it was and i don't think they're really making that big of a secret out of it i'm happy that she's happy and she has everything that she wanted and i'm happy for them i really enjoy that family um, of, of a cast. I think that the turtlenecks were so cute, like when they were all, you know, basically being like uh, best friends who make fun of their other best friends with John Moody and <laughs> all like, you know, making fun of his uh, outfits. I think that's adorable. And I really, really want them to continue. I hope they do. Um, as far as I'm can see like on my app like on my app and everything. Yeah, no, there's no like special of um what's it called? Uh Southern Charm New Orleans. I'm so sorry I lost my train of thought train of thought. Southern Charm New Orleans, I don't see any like special like watching happens live or anything. Rectify that, Bravo. If y'all bring them back next season, just give them a reunion because I need to know more about what's going on in their life. At least like a where are they now or something. So please do that for me. And yeah, that's about it for my Bravo recap. Now I will get into some of the questions that I asked this person very, very close to Bronwyn about Bronwyn's and the family's experience on the show, I will say that they are definitely within the Bronwyn Windenburg family. That is the hint that I'll give. And I don't want to get anyone in trouble, but I really appreciate them talking to me. Some of the things that I asked, because they said ask anything. Um, and I love that their family is so open and responsive to all the fans. And basically I just asked like, if it's been enjoyable and they said that it's literally been a dream come true for Bronwyn at least. And then I think that's so fun that she's so open about basically having been a fan of the show 
And then I just, you know, wanted to pry a little bit because I never really get to talk to anybody that close to Bravo Lebs up until recently, but their family seems so attainable. And um, I asked if there was anything that scared the family and Bronwyn and, you know, them about being on TV. They said, and I quote, OMG, yes. Um, they have this pretty great life already. And Bronwyn apparently might've been concerned about like, what if they destroy it? What if they get negative attention on social media? What if they hate the attention that they get? What if it hurts their kids? They were really concerned about that, which moms everywhere love them. They're so sweet. Um, really good mom, it seems like. And uh, basically just asking like, was the husband excited? Was her husband, Sean, excited? I think that's his name. Um, and this person said, yeah, Sean was really excited, apparently, um, from what they knew. He knew that it was uh, something that Bronwyn really wanted and would be great at. And because Bronwyn supported him for the last 24 years and all his career endeavors and was like, you do you and I'll support and stay home and everything, he was like, all right, it's your time to shine, honey. And I think that's so sweet. And apparently, so far, Bronwyn's favorite part is apparently the freedom of just going out and be able to do whatever she wants and having fun. And when you're filming, apparently you're in this safe little bubble. And I think that's interesting because I never thought about filming as being like a safe place. But uh, this person said that, you know, the family feels like when they film, it's a safe place. And that Bronwyn enjoys filming out and in public because for her, it's like a little bubble where she can kind of be herself and do whatever she wants. And that's really cool. And then I asked finally, like, everyone wants to know, is it scripted? Is it fake? Are the scenes fake? And this person has apparently been present for filming, to say the least, and was like, trust me, you could not make this shit up. And you could not script it at all. It's, I asked if it was produced. Is it at least coached? And the fights are, at least the conversations are, 100% authentic, according to this person. So it seems like at least Bronwyn's having a really good time, and I'm happy for them. Thank you so much to the person who answered all my questions and I gave a little bit of an interview with. Um, really informal, but it was really sweet of them to do that for me. And they're having a good time. The husband's really supportive. The family is having a good time. But because of their concern of like whether or not it would be good for the kids and if it would destroy their really good life, I definitely want to urge everyone to at least leave the kids alone because it's just not fair. They don't really fully sign up for this. Um, the parents do. So just, you know, I always say keep it shady, not Haiti. And I would definitely categorize going after kids as a hateful thing. So don't be Haiti, not the country, but like hateful. Don't do that. Let's just be shady and have fun. And that's it. And now I will move on into my uh, deep dive into Bachelor in Paradise with the um, Erica and Aaron from Mingling with the Mimosa Mamas podcast. And I hope you enjoy and have a great week. All right, guys. So it's Monty and I am here with the fabulous Erica and Aaron from the Mimosa Mamas, they have this really cool podcast called Mingling with the Mimosa Mamas. And it is, first of all, if you love mimosas like I do, you need to be listening already. They like to sip while they chat. And if that is not the epitome 
of relatable content. I do not know what is. Um, but besides that, they get into so many different things, so many different topics about, um, they just did an episode about mom guilt and they have so many cool guests ranging from bachelor people, from bachelor contestants to bachelor parents and pump rules and all types of stuff. If you're not listening, you definitely need to be. And I'm super, super excited to be talking with them about all things Bachelor in Paradise. Yay! Yeah. Hi, honey. Hi, mommy. We're so excited to be here. Thank you for having us. Of course. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for that amazing introduction. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you made us sound incredible. <laughs> Thanks. I really, I think you guys are great. I've listened to your podcast um, after finding you guys on Instagram and I was like, oh my gosh, this is fun. Like, this was so much fun. I think I listened to like three in one day. Hello. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So sweet. Yeah. It's so cool to connect with people on Instagram and um, I feel like we're friends and I mean, it's so great to send messages to each other and we we love connecting with everyone and we're so glad to be able to, we're honored to be on your podcast. Yeah. And this is the very first podcast we've ever done together, Erica and I. So um, thank yes. you for being our first. <laughs> yes. Um, I feel honored. <laughs> I'm literally like the Colton of podcasts right now. <laughs> this is yep. so much fun. I'm so glad you guys wanted to do this. I think um, it's really cool. Uh, that you guys, you know, have each other and have someone to do your podcast with. I am a one woman show. So I've kind of gotten into this groove of trying to have at least like someone else on every week, just because I do my best, I think, banter when it's with someone else. So I think it's like so much for listening to you guys. Dynamic, you seem super laid back and chill and cool. And that is like the best thing to listen to I definitely listen to you guys on the way home from commuting on the metro and everything oh my God. it's really helpful Aww. Yeah. we're just like so blushing right now and so honored just by everything you're saying uh yeah I think it's really awesome that we found each other and we were able to do this show together and um it's really strengthened our friendship because we've been bearing our souls to each other you know through the podcast that's amazing yeah And, you know, it was just a really a gift. I think, Erica, don't you think it was like a gift? It has been. It it was a blessing in disguise. It came just exactly when it was supposed to. And I'm a true strong believer of things happen for a reason. And the universe, or if you have a, you know, belief in in faith in God, like Aaron and I do, um, we feel like it was just he brought us together like there was a purpose behind it so yeah Yeah. absolutely oh that's so great I'm so happy that you guys have that oh my gosh I've had the chance to listen to a couple of your episodes (laughs) Miss Moni you You are incredible as well and your episode with Anthony Lario was amazing (laughs) thank you we had so much fun yeah, your guys' chemistry was very, like, um, it just came off really smoothly. And because it's, don't you find it hard to talk to people and not, you know, you can't see their face? Yes. Yeah, so I, the reason, I definitely agree. I started my podcast because I could 
literally talk to a wall about anything and it's kind of like an annoying talent to everyone else in my life but amazingly there's a feel for it and it's called podcasting yeah so I was very and I feel like I've definitely found a community of like I feel like I can talk to absolutely anyone and like you said that is one of the cool things about connecting with people on Instagram is that you kind of get like a little feel for the chemistry you might have and if you guys like will have a cool connection or conversation and that's what kind of leads into what you think will be a seamless podcast discussion and I definitely think that is what happened here and I'm really excited about it because it's like you know you DM back and forth but it's like you're not really you don't feel like you're strangers when you're on the air like so what's your name it's more <laughs> smooth and like effortless like we already know what we're going to talk about and we're excited about it and it brings a good energy that I think people like to listen to we agree oh definitely and we share so many of the same interests you know it just made sense um yes because they're interesting bachelor in paradise of course so much going uh, on it's my first time watching ever. Wow. I've never watched before because I never felt like I'm a new per like what is it? Like what what, what do I call this? I'm a new inductee to Bachelor Nation. Um, um a new watcher. Like you're a like newbie? Like, like, yeah, like a new watcher, like like you're a, a virgin watcher of paradise. <laughs> so kind of. I started watching a few years ago with my um roommate in college and um really good friend. Allison, we were watching to I was she was watching it and I was cooking in the kitchen. So we're in this common area and I'm just like, wait, what's happening? Wait, they just met and they're kissing. So I was like so confused. Never seen an episode in my life. And that was, I want to say it was Ben Higgins season. Oh no, or Chris Souls. It might have, I think it was Chris Souls. I think it was Chris Lowe, and then I got hooked and watched every season since, and then switched over to watching Bachelorette because I at first just only watched Bachelor, and then it was they were battling it out, um, Caitlyn against. I forget her name, and I really liked her. It was from Chris Lowe's season though, and it was like two women, and they had to like compete to be the Bachelorette, but like all the oh, women were yeah. already there. And yeah, Caitlyn and um. <laughs> I want to say Brie. Brie? Brie? That sounds Brit. right. Brit. Brit. It was something B, but short. Yes, Brit. Brit. Yep. That was it. And I was like, wait, how are they going to battle out for all these men that are already there? How do these men stay for the woman that they didn't want? I was so confused. And I basically got hooked ever since. I did not watch Caitlyn's season, mainly because I wanted Brit to win. I liked her better on the season. Mm. Turns out I think I like Caitlyn better in real life. Yeah. <laughs> but I and then I determined to like never skip a season since because they're all interesting. And now on this season of Bachelor in Paradise, I feel like I finally knew everyone or at least everyone from the season that they came from with the exception of like one or two because I had no idea they pull some of the same characters from like season season seasons oh yeah they have some uh, veteran <laughs> some real veterans some real uh old school um you know bachelor people but i think it's pretty cool that they do that i mean what do you think erica do you like that they go back i kind of do and then i kind of don't i'm like okay let's bring in some new people <laughs> right i mean you have a whole season of all this drama and excitement yeah. and plot 
Yeah. And then you just go and bring people that most of people probably you've never seen, but I'm watching because I know all these people. Yeah, that's true. And but I think, you know, the the really strong personalities, um, they stick out. And so I think people also like fan favorites, they will request those people to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that true. year after year. Like Ashley and Jared who yes. just got married. Yay. Yay. I'm so happy for them. And that's actually one of the things that I wanted to at least like get into like the deep dive. So you might as well just go right on ahead. And what is this idea that Bachelor in Paradise couples outlast so many of the Bachelor Nation couples, but the Bachelor and the Bachelorette are like the bread and butter of the franchise? Well, I think it's because... um with paradise you're kind of going in there with a bunch of your other friends you know like you know everyone well some of them know each other and then there's not so much pressure on just one individual person like you know whether it's the bachelor or just the bachelorette so i feel like it takes off the pressure and people are just more relaxed more chill um maybe feeling like they could be themselves a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and I think past episodes, um, past, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought for a second. Um, I think that uh, past people that we have interviewed in the past from Bachelor Nation who have gone to paradise, like Blake, and there's a couple of other people, they mention that you have so much more time with people than you do on those other shows so yes it makes very sense. good point it absolutely makes yeah. sense that people are gonna fall faster because they have more time together you know to really um build a relationship so um, right yeah don't you think i also yeah i totally agree with that i think that i i was i thought the same i was watching it and thinking because at first i was intrigued that pretty much so many bachelor nation weddings and engagements are successful from this show it is not nearly as like promoted and the money's not as behind it as the other ones but it has so much more like like actual relationship investment that i think people can really get behind and cheer for on social media and like in the news and in the media in general but i am watching it for the first time and going oh i get it now they're in paradise so you kind of remove all the like the hustle and bustle of where you are you put people in the same place you remove all the obstacles and the barriers of like normal everyday life and then the dynamic of like the ratio of men to women is more suitable for people who are dating who want to find a person with their connection because on the bachelor if you don't like him, you can't just like choose a new man. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> That's it. That. Like he's the only one. So <laughs> yeah. at least on this one, it's like they're going on multiple dates in like a week and they can figure out and sort out really quickly which guy they like or which girl they like and what they like about each one and then what they might like, what they might want out of the person in general. Exactly. And look at how much accept- <clears throat> excuse me, look how much accessibility they have to each other mm-hmm. i mean at any point in time they could go see they can go see each other they, uh, yeah on the bachelor or the bachelorette you know they're very sequestered secluded they cannot just right. go and, hey what's up let's grab a drink like no so of course those are going to be 
those those relationships are going to uh, develop faster mm-hmm. and more and deeper because they have that right the quality time yeah and accessibility like even more so than like real life um yeah yeah because <laughs> that's the work right <laughs> right and not to mention I mean how many times like when you're with a significant other if you have a feeling or something you want to talk about it's, they don't even have to just text them. They literally like, hey, can I talk to you? Yeah. Like, you know, come here. Yeah. That's so true. There's no TVs. There's, there's no, no distraction. There's just the person you're trying to build with. Yeah, right. exactly. So, right. I mean, there's so many, bubble. there's so many successful, really. I mean, you have Jaden Tanner. There's Carly, Carly and Evan. Evan. I uh, love them. Kendall and Joe. Crystal. And, Chris and Crystal, who we yeah. met, and they are incredible together. I, we love them together. We love them together, yeah. And I think I might have liked Crystal better on Bachelor in Paradise, because I watched the season of Bachelor she was on, and oh. of course oh, she was absolutely. not nearly painted out oh. as that. Hands and now on social media, following them, I'm like, this girl is endearing and adorable. And in, in love, that happens. She really is. She's not unassuming. Oh, she's very unassuming, I should say. And very down-to-earth, chill. Can I also say relaxed. she's stunning? Oh, she's... Oh, I always thought she was absolutely gorgeous. In real life, though, I mean, her and Ashley I, oh my god, And Becca? Oh my gosh. They're all beautiful. I mean, everybody in Bachelor, you know, nation. I mean, I think they cast right? it that way. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They make them a little bit more appealing to look at. It gives a little more drama, right? Going right. Some eye candy. <laughs> but I agree with you, um, Manny, about um, um. I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. In regards to Crystal, um, it's almost like the Demi thing. You know, Demi was the villain for the season with Colton. Um, right? Wasn't which is. Yeah, she was. I am impartial to because I I will follow Demi off the bridge. I love her. I think she's absolutely <laughs> so much fun. Did you just like, say I you'll follow her off the bridge. bridge? If she said let's go, I'd be like, well, I'm going with you. Like I'll go wherever Demi hilarious. goes. I find her so captivating since the moment she stepped on the screen. I think oh. she was supposed to be the villain of her season, but I think some other people kind of took the cake, and she just kind of came off like no BS and just like a little bit maybe too real and that rubbed off people the wrong way but she was just like I am who I am and I, some of her fights she was in the right and a lot of people I think agreed with her for a lot of things like she wasn't just trying to openly start drama and that's usually what a bachelor villain is supposed to be it's like I'm just gonna stir the pot I don't think that's really Demi's nature I think she's just unapologetically Demi I was about to say that. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And I think that her persona just has changed for like doing podcasts with Nick and like she's legitimized herself, you know. Oh, yeah. I love her. Right. And and on Paradise, she's like the one that everyone goes to advice for. It's really interesting. It's so interesting. Right. So it is so interesting. So let's back up. Let's back up a little bit because this is like my first. I'm really having fun with watching. I did binge. The last two nights. I did not know they were going to do two nights a second week in a row. So last night was a little bit of a surprise. <laughs> but we're caught up. <laughs> um, oh, I yeah. Never... Every week. Two, two episodes I... back to back. Oh, my God. And I know it was every week. Thank you for that. I do. <laughs> I'm always in awe of how much time Bachelor Nation, ABC, and Chris Harrison thinks 
I want to devote to them. I'm <laughs> always in awe. Oh, I'd watch like it every single night. I wish it was like Love Island. I do too. I never, night. I never stop watching, but I'm always just like, wow, y'all are really going to make this hard on me. Okay. <laughs> um, so from the beginning, so it's been about four episodes. Yeah. I thought it was just going to be like three. Um, it's been four episodes now. And there's been a lot of development. They really do move fast. And these are only two hours of four nights. So maybe, what is that, eight hours that we've seen? I can't imagine what goes on in like a 24-hour span. I know. It must be nuts. Off camera. I mean, I can't Right. (laughs) If what we're seeing is what's on camera, I can't imagine what's off camera. I mean, I think they're filming filming nonstop. I mean, I think they go into like the night like wee hours of the morning like literally wee hours of the morning these poor young people i mean it's yeah, like big brother and- on an island yeah exactly they um i think it was wells that said that they're literally filming until like five in the morning and so when we see them having breakfast it's probably lunch or like <laughs> two o'clock in the afternoon because they have literally been up all night drinking and partying Insane. and that is making out crazy boom boom room all that jazz nobody's gone to the boom boom room yet but i'm sure it's happening <laughs> soon <laughs> i know that's definitely gonna happen soon especially with some of these new additions so we have discussed Ooh. the successes from their show and why it's better than bachelor and bachelorette mm-hmm. um but so who if we can think back to hour one of these eight hours that we've seen who were some of our initial fan favorites versus who are maybe our fan favorites after last night because mine definitely changed i don't know about how strong you guys convictions are mine absolutely changed like taisha was probably one that i really was excited to see there she's not to me she's not being painted in a great light um, I think she's taking things with Blake a little bit too, like personally. I mean, he asked her on a date. She's right? also inserting herself a little bit in stuff that has nothing to do yeah. with her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, she should have been, I, I guess, I don't know. I don't want to say grateful, but I just felt like she was upset that Blake took her on a date. Like, I thought that was really weird. I just felt like her, her, her issues or qualms with Blake were not her like her she was taking yeah. on the issues of Kaylin and oh uh, what's the other girl Christina yeah Christina and it, they, they didn't have anything to do with Tasha. her date with Blake was totally separate than Kaylin and Christina and Blake that was a totally different issue yeah so exactly. and now she's like and she's carrying it on to this week and I'm like girl we have work to do let's yeah let's keep let moving. it go oh my gosh and Erica what about you when who did you think um, who was my favorite yeah, coming in? Be, yeah. Oh goodness! Before I, the drama happened. Oh my gosh! I want to say it was it was Tasha and Christina. Oh, Christina! Christina has always been my yeah. top gal. Um, I was a little disappointed on how things turned out with her and Blake. You know the way she asked him mm-hmm. out on the date, mm-hmm. and then she kind of approached him like I mean power to you girlfriend I mean you you went in and you did what you wanted to do but it was almost like manipulative um I guess I want no that's not the word I'm looking for it was just very like I don't know I personally think this whole season is just everything's backwards like the women are coming in and acting like 
the guys. Yeah, they're the players. <laughs> yeah, the players. Uh-huh. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just have so much to say about it, but let's just stay focused here. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> I totally understand. This is I, how we are. This is how we are. I'm all over oh the place. Oh my gosh, me too. Literally on mixing with Moni, I like to mix it all the way up. Like I have, I'm all, it literally says on the bottom of my logo all over the place because I can never keep a train of thought going. Yeah. I just kind of go see, wherever it takes me. You're in good company. Though. Yeah. You're, Yay. Yes, you are with <laughs> both of us over here. But yeah, my favorite was Tasha. I have to say Tasha and Christina. Uh, I feel like the guy, obviously, that was one of my favorite was Blake coming in. And, and Aaron and I were both excited about Blake and still are. We're, oh, yeah. we're Blake fans. We love watching him on the show. Um, I definitely think his um whatever backlash he's gotten is probably like it's 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 if it's not subsided it's definitely overshadowed right now. Yeah. I don't think we're going to come back to Blake for like a long time. I think that some of these guys are going to definitely outbid him for <laughs> like the least right. popular. Like I'm seeing some strong contenders for like getting on my nerves. <laughs> so <laughs> I think he's fine. I think that's actually a good thing because he went early if that makes sense like mm-hmm. his controversy was so early we're kind of you know for a fact we're gonna move past we're going to be on to something brand new and much bigger within probably the same episode but definitely by now but I also really commended the way he handled the Kaylin and Christina like confronting him thing I thought he was really remorseful I was uh-huh. really shocked at how I thought he is his remorse was more genuine than their grievances like than Kaylin's actual problem I thought that he was actually like understood at least in his confessional really like where she was coming from and then what how it would impact him and that really like it hurt me it like broke my heart to see him say like this is gonna affect my family and I was like oh my god we never no one watching these shows we never think about like what happens when they get home right like when the whole nation watches them because it just happened with luke p like his whole family was like we had no idea like we don't know this guy like that you guys see and i was like oh no blake (laughs) yeah oh yeah we our hearts go out i mean both of our hearts go out to him you know um i had the opportunity to meet him in person he is such a sweetheart sincere down-to-earth kind i mean he left the best impression on me you know and when we had him on um our podcast I mean he was so kind he gave us so much time and was just so like patient with us and just answered every question we had I mean so nice yeah he's so definitely think he is a good I think he has a good heart I can see that very clearly also I don't understand I think I just got very confused as to like I, my favorite was I, was Kaylin originally coming in, and then like within five minutes, I got very like distorted from what I originally liked about her. Mm-hmm. Like she just seemed like so much. She was so intense, and I was just like, I don't understand. Not that he is not like maybe sure all men should respect women and communicate with them against their intentions or whatever. I will never know what truly really goes on between. All three of them, that's not my business. I'm not in their beds. So that's not my concern. (laughs) But to be, I was like, am I mistaken? Or like, weren't y'all like at a music festival? Like, what about this screams like, 
we were monogamous or like we should have like known but you were at a music festival and then you went on a dating show where literally it is supposed to be a little bit more scandalous and risque and the show is this one in particular is like explorative dating like they uh-huh. want you to like talk to different women and yeah. do different things I'm like literally he was on trend and he's a single <laughs> man and this <laughs> this is what you, like, you can't be upset that he was talking to two different women at before the show. And then you come on the show where he could potentially be talking to eight women. Like, right. I that's mean, kind of how it goes. Think of it this way as if stagecoach happened in paradise, would all of this be really that big of a deal? It's because right. it didn't it happen. No, it is no big deal on the show. Me. And I even told Erica the other day, what is the difference between what he is doing and what a bachelor does? Right? Very good point. I mean, one man and two women. You went on a show with a man that was dating 20 women. Like, it's okay, girl. It's fine. If you really had that much of a connection, you should have been excited that he was going to be in paradise with you. Right, right. Thank you. To explore that because you only got a one night stand the first time. So, yeah, she was maybe butthurt or whatever, you know, the the saying is. But, I, I just feel like it's been all blown up out of proportion. And I'm, of course. And I'm happy to see it move on. And even Caitlin said, let's move on. And I was like, yes, girl. <laughs> yes, let's move on. Yeah, Caitlin and... did say that. But no, Caitlin said that. Oh, Caitlin? Yeah. Oh, Caitlin? Caitlin said, oh, I think yes, I'm ready say, let's to move, move on. on, right? Am I, right? I am too. Okay. I'm she's not. To you all saw the previews coming up. You know she's not over to move on. She's not ready to move on, please. Like she's yeah. not, but I no. feel like also Hannah G is doing a good enough job of taking oh, the Lord. villain spotlight <laughs> Thank on you. Blake and placing it on herself. And I had no idea. That's the one thing I do like about what Tasha, like her performance on the show, because I'm now understanding that a few of these people are casted on the show for dramatic value. Oh, yeah. Not necessarily to find love. Um, and I'm fine with that. We need a little bit of that. But Tasha's like, oh, I'm realizing <laughs> Hannah G is not innocent. And I'm like, no, this girl is playing a game. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Hannah looks so innocent. She's got that girl next door look. And she's yes. always like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. You know damn well what you're doing. She does. And Tasha called her out. But again, they're on a I loved show. it, too. I have to have. Hannah's back on this one because they're on a show. She's trying to explore who she's connecting with. No, right? that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't like the way she's going about it. How, yeah, it might be a I, little bit like um she flaunts a little bit. Yeah. Like she's like waving it around. Like, like oh, like, everybody wants me. me and let me just play with this one and this one. Just the way that she Oh, is that what you guys are feeling? I really do. I feel like she's playing them against each other. Yeah. Like Dean's intentions were really clear. Oh. And I think that if she just told Dean up front, like, I like you, but I really just kind of want to explore a bunch of different people or also have a connection with, like, the way Nicole's doing it, I have no problem with. Like, she's literally fully invested with both Clay and, like, she's been on three different dates. And I feel like she gives something to each of them, but also lets each of them know, yes, I have something with someone else, but I like the way this, uh, you, you did this with me. Hannah is like, she went on the date with Blake and then she goes to Dean and is like I don't know I feel conflicted that's where I'm at and he's like you didn't really say anything but I feel like I get what you're saying and you're letting me down easy (laughs) 
Because I'm looking at it like she didn't say anything, but he got it and started crying. And I feel like he didn't, he came there for her, but if she had just been up front with him, I feel like he would have been at least like being able to back off a little. But then she starts kissing Blake in front of everyone and using him as like a pawn Mm -hmm. in her like little game. Like she wants Dean to be jealous. So then she wants Blake to be jealous. And I'm just like, girl, just move over there. If you're oh, oh, that. you're talking about Dylan. I'm like, Dean, Dean, you mean Dylan. Oh, right? no, oh, yes, Dylan. Dylan. Oh, my like, God. No wonder you were totally, not mustache. Totally throwing me off. <laughs> no, like, not mustache boy. Oh, yeah. No, okay, okay. I am sorry. so sorry. Again, all the names boy. very new to me. I was, okay. a, I was about to say, was I asleep in this class? Because I should have made a roster. <laughs> Dylan, oh you gotta like feel bad for the guy. He's like I was saying, okay. he's like a little puppy, the sweetheart. I like him. <laughs> Can we? Okay, um, Monty, you gotta let us know if you feel like these boys that are on the show. I shouldn't call them boys. These they are. They're twenty. Okay, they're in their early twenties. Um, guys, whatever. Whatever. Um, they're just so sensitive. What is going on? They are very, very sensitive. Oh, good. oh I was used to when I was in my twenties. There was nothing but assholes out there. Yeah, that's why I didn't get married until I was thirty, and Erica didn't get married until so she I was, was gosh, thirty-seven. 30, yeah, so or thirty-six. I mean, there was just yeah. like no nice guys around. No, no. and these guys. No, I'm I mean, actually so shocked because yeah. this is not a reflection of any of the men. <laughs> the men that I know now but then at the same time I do know quite a few guys and girls because it always shocks me when I hear Caitlin speak she's my age we're literally the same age I think we're like eight months apart she's 24 and I'm 23 about to turn oh my 24 <laughs> exactly and it's like always I'm always looking at these shows like really marriage you say that's what you're ready for right now Okay. Uh, Thank uh-huh. you. The- I was not ready to marry at 24. Right. I, I mean, I, have fun. I, I definitely get it because like, I mean, I think it also comes from like small little tangent about like how the world, like society, especially today, they like to like group all like millennials and centennials like together. It's just like this social media and social digital age. So like, I'm following 36-year-old influencers and then, like, 18-year-olds are following, like, 28-year-old influencers. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. like, we kind of get misconstrued about what the timeline is because I know many... I actually have been invited to more weddings this year than anybody I know my age when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. Like, I've been invited to six weddings this year. (laughs) And no one is over the age of 25. So... Exactly. (laughs) A few of them, I don't even think could have had champagne at their wedding. So (laughs) it's like, it's, I get it because, and a few of them also have like babies or families because they see like all these influencers and the, and all these like mixed aged people, like even on the bachelor and bachelorette, they range from like 21 to like 36. They do. Yeah. And that's like such a wild age difference for like one man like Ari he made his top five or six was literally 21 to 30 something I know I'm not even gonna say anything because I believe Ari's our age (laughs) well I'm just saying that it's like it's a wild concept that he could have 
ended up marrying either a 21-year-old or a 30-something-year-old, like someone who actually might have been ready for marriage. Right. But he, like, entertained literally an entire, like, 10-year age gap of, like, all different types of women. And there's nothing wrong with that. There are plenty of women who are probably definitely ready at that age. Right. More power to you if that's what you want to do. Then I'm, like, if that's what Kaylin wants to do. But I just cannot imagine myself, like, going on a show at 23 after winning married. a national title and choosing to spend my time like yeah. trying to get a man to marry me like she was what miss usa or something like she was a national title holder she yeah kayla was miss um i want to say north carolina something like that. i know her and hannah competed yeah but at she didn't the national win. level right. together exactly but she yeah. was like was she runner up? Like she did, she went far. Oh, she went really if, far. Yeah, because Hannah made it to top, the top eleven, I think. So oh, okay. she made it even farther than her. Wow! Wow! And no, was, yeah, like, it's few. crazy. Like, uh, I don't think you'll have trouble getting a date. Like you have to be, but I get it. I mean, I think being in the Bachelor Nation world, you know, you want to stay there because there's so much opportunity that comes with it. You've got the platform. Um, you mentioned Ben Higgins earlier, and I love that Ben Higgins has been so great about using this platform for good, you know, causes Gosh, and what yes. he really, truly believes in. So I, um, I applaud him for that. And I think that it just, you can't really walk away from an opportunity like that when you're in Bachelor Nation. So I don't, I don't blame them for staying in the franchise. Even Dean was saying today on Ben's podcast that um, I want to travel the world. I want to climb mountains. And this is actually paying my way to do that. So yeah, I'm going to keep coming back, you know, to Bachelor in Paradise. And, and if I was oh, offered, cool. you know what I mean? Like it's paying my bills. So I'm like, well, damn, okay. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's like a job. And I, and I actually mm-hmm. just looked it up and Kaylin Miss, was first runner yep. up at Miss USA. Miss wow. USA she was. lost only to Miss Nebraska. They were really good friends. And she actually missed the crowning of the new Miss North Carolina, which what you're supposed to do is like your duty as like the crown holder because she filmed The Bachelor. Oh, wow. wow. But it's okay because I'm pretty sure The Bachelor is giving her a little bit more to offer. I guess so. I guess Yeah, so. it looks like she was Miss Teen USA in 2013 as well. Oh my Oh yeah, gosh. that definitely tracks. They usually win like a bunch of things before they go on to like the big kahuna. Interesting. She's only 5'6". Oh, she's a little on the shorter side. Yeah, she is. Wow, that is really interesting. I mean, she is a gorgeous woman. She absolutely is. I think this cast is absolutely beautiful. And they all look so much better on a beach in the morning than I do. I know that there's hair and makeup, but my God. Can we just say that? What's her name? The one with the light eyes. Um, oh my God. Katie. Katie is Katie. Just, Katie is yeah. probably one of the most beautiful people I've Hope ever seen. So. Yeah. She is sometimes when she just like talks, I'm just looking at this and like, oh my god, what am I looking at right now? Uh Oh, yeah, she looks like a golden beach Barbie. (laughs) She's so pretty. And then her night where she was talking to Will, I cringed so much. That was so cringeworthy. I had to pause it like six times. 
Oh my gosh. I <laughs> what happened? She I think she had to be drunk. mess, like a train wreck. I think she was drunk because she's probably like one of those people who when they're drunk, they get emotional. Oh, but do you, And I understand that, but my God. Poor Wells. Did you see his face? Well, he was, was like, like, oh my. What have I gotten myself into? Thank God you're not interested. <laughs> the poor guy. Yeah. Set up. He had like what strawberries in a bowl and some it was so and then she cute. was and she wasn't making sense so that's what made me think that she was no. drunk you're right yeah you're because she was literally right. like she never finished any of her thoughts completely <laughs> she was like this is so sweet but i just and you have this and thank you but like and i just feel like i have other connect and i want to start and explore and i like you but i'm like what do you what do you say that was and he was like what do you oh. say like, and then she just cried, like cried. Right, she just like, cried. Falling. Oh my god, Good it was man. hard was to like, watch. Girl, yeah, that was hard to watch. And I you know, think... I think that Dylan going after Hannah is kind of hard to watch too because he's kind of all in, and he just he needs a little more confidence, don't you think? Like if he just had a little more confidence, he's little... cute. Oh, he's he's the best one on there right now. Well, besides Mike, but um, oh my god, is the transition that I need it because I have feelings so many thoughts and feelings if you've ever listened to my podcast and anybody who's a first-time listener I have been saying that Mike is needing to be my bachelor since maybe top 10 easily of his season on Hannah I want Mike to be the bachelor so badly to the point where I think they did not promote him on bachelor in paradise that much on purpose and now my conspiracy theory that I've seen a lot is that he they wanted to test him on Bachelor in Paradise because they've actually gotten some bachelors from Bachelor in Paradise um, and I feel like that makes sense because if you can give it to Nick Vile you can give it to Mike Johnson Thanks so much to the ladies of Mingling with the Mimosa Mamas podcast, Erin and Erica, for coming on and talking Bachelor in Paradise with me. Stay tuned. Next week, I'll be releasing the rest of our conversation about the controversies that have gone on, about Demi, and about all the different relationships on the show, who we think will actually get engaged, and some conspiracy theories that they have I'll be releasing that as a bonus episode next week, right ahead of Bachelor in Paradise. And I also have a lot of other really cool features coming up um, with other people who love Bravo, who love Bachelorette, who love Bachelor in Paradise, all of that. So if you are like me and you really love Bachelor in Paradise, stay tuned for the bonus episode that I'll be releasing with the rest of my conversation about all the things we think are going to happen with Bachelor in Paradise with Erin and Erica. And be sure to follow them at Mimosa Mamas Podcast. M-I-M-O-S-A-M-A-M-A-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T for all that Bachelor news and more. Their podcast is great. They have so many features and interviews with a lot of different celebrities from Bachelor, some moms. They have been Higgins' mom and they were at, they recently like met Ashley um, I from The Bachelor and Crystal and Demi and so many people. They've interviewed a lot of people from Bachelor in Paradise and Bachelor Nation. Definitely check them out. And even Pump Rules, they're big Bravo fans. And I hope we get to connect again 
for some Bravo related content in the future. So definitely follow them on Instagram, Mimosa Mamas Podcast. And stay tuned next week for the Bachelor in Paradise bonus episode that I'll be doing with them. Um, I'll be releasing that and talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Mixing with Moni. If you'd like to connect with me more, follow me on Instagram at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. That's where you can find a bunch of Bravo and pop culture related content, news, and of course, some shady fun memes. Also, my DMs, feel free to come talk to me about anything you want, TV, Bravo, or even your one-star feelings and opinions about the podcast. Otherwise, definitely rate, review, and subscribe. I can't wait to connect with you guys more, and I'll talk to you next week.